Like a song of love that clings to me How the thought of you does things to me Never before has someone been more unforgettable in every way. Welcome and to the post day one draft special. Uh, I'm Justin Mosqueda. This is Setting the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. Find me on Twitter at JUMOSQ. I'm here with my co host, Charles McDonald. You can find him at Four Verts. Uh, we're here with our friend Jeff Risden. Jeff Risden, your handle is Jeff Risden, right? That's it. That keeps it easy that way. There we go. So he, he writes about the draft for Real GM. He also works for uh, the Browns Wire and the Texans Wire. He has the uh, Reddit NFL podcast. Um, I mean, let, let's just start off with you. Uh, you were down you, – you're, you cover uh, the Browns and the Texans, and both of them had – uh, I guess you'd say pretty eventful days in terms of, you know, trading up and down the draft. So if you want to go ahead and talk well, yeah, about they, that. Yeah, they, they traded with each other, which was yeah. which was a lot of fun for me trying to wear two hats at the same time. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, Miles Garrett went number one. I, I'm happy that all of the, the people who were blowing all the smoke about Mitchell Trubisky choke on that smoke. <laughs> it, it was stupid. I it, it, re- it was really frustrating for me professionally to watch a lot of people that I respect make themselves look like damned fools trumpeting a thing that everybody knew wasn't true. And uh, remember the people who told you that that, uh, that it was going to be real and don't ever believe those people ever again because they sold themselves out and it pissed me off. There's this end of rant. But, okay, so, uh, yeah. so I, I'm going to ask you something real quick. So, as far, so why did... Did Cleveland really try to get back up, or why did Chicago, you know, give up a king's ransom to move up one slot with San Francisco? Honest to God, I think John Lynch snowed Ryan Pace. I think that's the long and the short of it. I don't think Cleveland had much intention to move back up where they did. And uh, as you saw, they turned down the opportunity to get the quarterback that a lot of people thought they wanted uh, and, and moved out of it. And Houston moved up and got it into Sean Watson. I love that. I love the move for Houston. I love Same. that they're going all in. Man, that, 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 that's a bold move. That shows incredible amount of belief in Deshaun Watson by, by Bill O'Brien and by Rick Smith, two guys who know that that, that – I've said this a lot on a lot of different places. If you, gave the, if you gave the Houston Texans Matthew Stafford, they win the next Super Bowl. And I don't know if, the, if Deshaun Watson is going to be as good as what Matthew Stafford is right now, right away – but he's got a chance to be that guy, and the fact that he's he's won in critical games, and he, he does so many things well, and he's going to play in a dome, so that sort of takes away the worries about you know the wind playing with his his alleged subpar arm strength. I, I love it. He's got great receivers already. Well, I should say he, he's got great potential receivers. If Will Fuller can ever catch a damn ball, he'll have good receivers. <laughs> you, know, now, you know what? I, 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 I love Houston going all in. I love it. Yeah, so do I. And I think when you look at where Houston's offense is, it there are a lot of similarities to where Clemson's offense was last year. Where if you look at what Mike Williams brings as a receiver, you know, DeAndre Hopkins kind of brings the same things. You you look at what Leggett brings as a receiver, you know, Fedorowitz and uh Steven Anderson kind of bring the same thing as well. And I I like the the little schematic fit 
or somatic comparison between Will Fuller and Artavis Scott. And I think that Wayne Gallman matches up with Lamar Miller there. So when you look at where he came from last year in Clemson's offense and drop him into Houston's offense, a lot of the same, you know, uh, types of players are there. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's a great fit. He's so good at play action, and now he has the opportunity to, to do some read option off of that, too. It's Bill O'Brien has to just be ecstatic. It, we knew, a, a lot of us who cover the Texans knew that that's who he really wanted, and it seemed like it was unrealistic to go up and get him. But, man, giving up. I mean, now the Browns have the Texans draft next year. They got their first round and second round pick next year. Plus, you know, they moved back to 25, which they traded out of. It's 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 uh, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun for me tonight. Actually, they stayed at 25, didn't they? And took peppers. Yeah, yeah. My, my brain's fried, boys. <laughs> so, so the, I want to make one more point about that trade. I, you talk about you know how they own their first and second round pick next year. I don't think people really realize that when Houston. I mean, obviously you do because you cover the team, right? But Houston, when they traded. You know, basically they cleared up that that cap space uh, with the Brock Osweiler move. They never used that yeah. money anywhere. So basically, you're getting the same exact Texans team, other than Deshaun Watson. Like they really did sell out on being like he is the guy who's going to push us over. You know, even though that pick came, you know, in the middle of the first round. Yeah, they they have not signed an outside free agent yet. They're the only team that's yet to do that, and. Uh, they have cap room now. They have about $30 million, I want to say. That, that That's close to being right. It might be a little bit more than that. But, I mean, the free agent market, what are you going to spend it on these days? The, if, is, if they come out of tomorrow night with who I think they're going to get, and I think they're going to get Taylor Moten tomorrow to, to be their instant starter or right That'd tackle. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. That, 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 team, that team can win the AFC next year. If Deshaun Watson's even close to being ready to be as good as what he was at Clemson. Now, what do you make of what the Browns did today? Because I, I thought kind of j- just skipping out on quarterback entirely was just came way out of left field. There, there was a group of fans who were like hardcore sold out that the Browns did not need a quarterback tonight and weren't going to take one. And and a lot of those people really like Cody Kessler, and I think they're high. But you know that's. Uh, apparently the Browns are okay with going into tomorrow to get their quarterback. I was I was scared to what? death they were going to take Davis Webb when they traded up, man. That that that, that I mean I saw another podcast I'd rather have another hole in in, in my genitals than than to have <laughs> Davis Webb as a quarterback of a team, and th- I, I believe that. I mean, he's, and I I was scared for that. They, they have the opportunity to get a quarterback tomorrow. I know they like both Davis Webb and Josh Dobbs. Uh, that that's real. I think Hugh Jackson had a, a connection that was very easy to see with with, with Watson or not with with Dobbs down at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I think I, everybody I who was that. at the practice like like yeah, man, it, they got along. You could see it. So I, I kind of think that's where they're going to go with it. I hope they take him over Webb. But yeah, I mean, trading up for David and Joku, I don't like that move. Uh, I, I was worried that David and Joku was going to go twenty one uh, yes, to the Lions, which I, I root for. Um, it wound up not working out that way, which is which is nice for me. I thought David Njoku was a solid second round pick, and I I do believe that he has some upside, but I don't think he's close to it yet. And I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know what the Browns are doing with their passing offense in total. No. You know, I, I think they do. You know, they got Kenny Britt and and uh, and Corey Coleman as their top receivers, 
they drafted three other guys last year, Rashard Higgins and, and Jordan Payton and uh, Ricardo Lewis. I don't know if any of those guys can play. And they got, you know, I, I, so I understand adding a receiving tight end in David and Joku, but I wouldn't have traded it up for him. I would have been happy, you know, sitting at, at 33. And, uh, but, I mean, it, it took the Packers out of the first round, which is to be expected, I guess. Yeah. Saved them from taking you're, you're, Jay you're what, what really is weird you're, you're to skipping me. the Bill Peppers. You just skimmed right over that thing. Yeah, I, I did. You know what? And that, he's that, not a real football player. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Kind so, of. so no, I'm, no, I'm living in Michigan, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm driving home right now to see a woman who's who's, who's probably wearing Michigan pajamas. Oh boy! So, like, like Peppers, I, I, I knew that Greg Williams really liked him, and I thought he was going to be the pick at 33. That's who I had in my mock draft. The fact that they got him at 25, I'm okay with that. They, he, he's a great fit for what Greg Williams wants in his strong safety who can also move up and, and play some, some nickel or dime linebacker. I think that's his role in Cleveland. They need that. He's a downhill tackler against the run, and their run defense sucks. He helps that a lot. Now, do you think that the Browns are going to pick Deshaun Kaiser tomorrow? Because if, if they miss out on Kaiser, they're saying that we're going to go into 2017 with Cody Kessler being our starting quarterback. I don't think they're big. I don't. I really don't think they're big Deshaun Kaiser fans. I think they would take either Davis Webb or Josh Dobbs over Deshaun Kaiser. Wow. That doesn't surprise me if they're an analytics, you know, an analytics run. Uh, I guess scouting front, right? Like that wouldn't surprise yes, me. All. The, the only thing that I, what type of production did Julius, did Jabril Peppers have? He had 13.5 tackles for losses. He had more tackles for loss in September than Miles Jack did in three years at UCLA. Oh, we don't have to bring up the past, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I bring that up because, yeah, I'm a little bit salty on that. But at the same time, a lot of people early in the year, especially myself, guilty of this, who were comparing Peppers to Jack and like, well, what does Peppers offer that's different than Jack? And, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a Miles Jack guy at all, as you guys know. And I, I like to real peppers. I see where he fits in the NFL very well. Man, he's I, I maybe it's because I've seen him in person and I've seen him do things that I don't necessarily think show up on tape as well, unless you're watching the all twenty two. He's a smart football player. He's a he's a dedicated player and, and I believe the fact that Michigan moved him around so much prevented him from maximizing what his potential could have been. I think if you stick him at one spot and point him in one direction and say, hey, go do this, I think he'll do it extremely well. Uh, so, Jeff, I have a question for you about oh, ahead, some of Jesus. these Alabama guys. Like, so, you know, Jonathan Allen, O.J. Howard, um, Reuben Foster, I mean, even Cam Robinson, all those guys kind of slipped. Like, uh, Marlon Humphrey was the first guy drafted out, out, out of Alabama in this draft, and I don't think really many people had that down. Like, what, what, what? went through your mind when you saw just every single one of those guys start dropping down the board? You know, I think it's the, the long history of all those guys coming out of there that are hurt, and it goes way back. And and look at Jonathan Allen, he's hurt. Look at Reuben Foster, he's hurt. I mean, that, that, Marlon Humphrey was hurt last year. I, I'm, I, I'm surprised that Allen fell as far as he did and fell further than Humphrey. But I, I like Marlon Humphrey. As long as you've got a safety who can range and help him deep, I, I, I think he's going to be a really good corner. But, yeah, I mean, the, I'm, I, I really thought that Cam Robinson was going to be the Texans' first-round pick. Obviously, they, they traded up and it wasn't there. But 
man, yeah, the, the whole Alabama program, I, I, I think the book is out on them that when you get those guys, you know, the Nick Saban has ground those guys, you know, he's ground them raw, man. That, that, that's how he wins so much. He demands so much of those guys, and it's great for Alabama, but it's not so great for their prospects in the pros. All right, uh, so you want to get to some of these questions that we had uh, after the first day of the draft? Yeah, shoot, man. Okay, uh, first one from our pal Mike O'Connor at Jets underscore depressed. Who's off the board faster tomorrow, Kevin King or Akilla Akilla Witherspoon? That's a good question. You know what? I think think it's going to be Kevin King. I think Akilla Witherspoon falls until Saturday. Really? I don't think the NFL is nearly as high on him as what we are. And I think that's a shame, but he's going to make a pay. Justice, you have any takes on that? Kevin King or, or uh, Witherspoon, who goes first tomorrow? I mean, obviously, the athleticism is what draws you to King. Right. Um, there's just there's honest to God horrible tape of Witherspoon playing in the run. So, I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, I, I think just about everyone would say that Kevin King's going to go ahead of him. Um, I, I guess here's a here's a variation of that question. Who do you think comes off the board quicker, uh, Kevin King or Owuzi? Um. I, That's a good I, I, I think King does still. And now, I, I, I mean, think, I, I think Awuzie is a better player, but I just, you know, we see the, right. the NFL get drawn to measurables all the time. I'm with you, man. You said it well. Um, now, here, this next question, uh, I guess, is slanted towards me. From Mr. Ash at William Ash 227 Feel free to chime in here where you want to. Uh what were the Falcons thinking with their pick? Now, I've I did some uh, athleticism research, I guess, uh, on who the Falcons have picked since Dan Quinn has been the head coach, and pretty much there were three criteria for that. It was uh, if you go to mockdraftball.com, their guys were usually 70th percentile broad jump, 70th percentile three cone, or had a exceptional 40 for their position. So. When you look at the 40-yard times dash, or the, or the guys who didn't have the broad jump at three-cone but had the 40-yard dash times, it's Devondre Campbell and Tevin Coleman who have both been known for the speed over the past you know two seasons, I guess. Uh, and when you look at Tack, he hit the broad jump three, he hit the broad jump threshold and, and the uh, 40 threshold. Now I'm not in love where he is as a player right now, but I, I, I guess the Falcons saw that athleticism and saw that he was 21 years old and think that they can mold him in something. Just so, what's yeah. your take on Tack? Jeff or me? I said Justo. You go, you do it, man. You're, you're, oh, dude, you're, you're the fourth players guy. What do you <laughs> think about him? I-, um, I was hoping for a better three-cone time for him at the combine. Uh, his film was kind of weird because you couldn't really tell if he did or didn't have bend. Uh, the combine kind of weeded that one out. But you're right. He's only a 21-year-old. Um. Really, like, if you want to go from a measurables perspective, he's very similar to, like, a Marcus Smith from Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't like that. Like the yeah. Comparison. Ooh. I, I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really like that pick. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say there. Um, I'm sorry. I, don't, I always found him a little bit stiff. Like, like yeah, I, I see that he's, he's, he's good, but he's kind of stiff. Like, like, I like Terrell Basham, maybe because like, I'm an Ohio guy. I think he offered a little bit more. Like they were, they were on the same tier of, of 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 edge rusher playing for me. 
as just just off of film and off of what I've seen with them moving. And uh, I, I know Terrell thought there was a chance he was going to be the Falcons' pick uh, in the second round. I, I guess that's out. But uh, it, it, it's interesting that the pass rushers went where they did. You know, I, I thought we would see a little bit more of that earlier. And there's some there's some good dudes left. I mean, I, I thought Taco Charlton was going to go a bit higher than he did, and he wound up falling. You know, he, he went what twenty seven. I don't know. I can't keep it all straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then. You know, people talked a lot about Tyus Bowser and how, you know, Indianapolis might be in play for, uh, you know, Tyus Bowser and how Rod Marinelli liked Tyus Bowser and how Dallas might have tried to, you know, they, they there was a hypothetical out there that if certain guys go down, right, in the draft board, um, that Dallas would try to leverage their way up to grab Tyus Bowser. And Tyus Bowser is a second-round pick now. Maybe. It might be a third-round pick. See, yeah, that's a guy. Him, him, and T.J. Watt were the two guys where I'm like, I don't necessarily get it. T.J. Watt, at least he had the last name. Where I'm like, okay, I understand why people think this way. I don't think this way, but I understand why people think this way. Tyus Bowser, like he was playing as an apex defender. Um, you never really got to look at him rushing the passer. I know, like he basically, like when teams were going four wide, he was a slot corner. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's a weird one. You know, I, I saw I saw T.J. Watt at Michigan State last year, and I thought, wow, that – and I even tweeted it out when I was there. I'm like, T.J. Watt, Sunday starter. I, I just love the way that he, he he plays football. You know, he might not have the greatest measurables, although his measurables are a hell of a lot better than Charles Harris yeah, and, uh, and Terry Barnett. You know, I, and I'm not betting against the Watt name. I mean, I, <laughs> I know that I, – I know that's – you know, cheesy and everything, but I want one of the things that I like about that. That entire family, all those dudes were athletic and football late bloomers. Yes. They got a lot better as they got older into their twenties. So I, I like the. I think there's a lot of upside with TJ Watt as he grows into being a lot. You know, I I, I think it's a great pick for for Pittsburgh. And I, the Steelers fan that I was that was at the bar, so he was he was like excited. He came over and hugged me, took a selfie with me. I'm like, dude, I'm not a Steelers guy. <laughs> I know now, Jeff. What was your uh, favorite and least favorite pick of the first round? You know what? I I really do like Houston going up for Watson. Yeah. I like um, I I like Marshawn Lattimore where he went. I thought that was a great pick too. Yeah. So yeah. I have a question. I have a question for you. Did you see the wide receiver run coming like this? Because I don't think anyone did. If I mean, the no. Vegas odds were out on the receivers, and if you would have put money on Corey Davis being the first guy off of the board, you would have made so much money. We had people thinking John Ross was going to the second round because of medical grades, and it goes ninth overall. Like I, I don't think anyone expected this. You know, first off, I'm pissed because I had John Ross at number nine in my final mock draft, and I, I, I talked to somebody who covers the Bengals, and they're like, well, yeah – it could happen, but I kind of think not, and I changed it, and I got bitched on that, and that pisses me off because I, I had that, and I, I was I was just at a draft party in Kalamazoo, like right down the street from where Corey Davis played. I knew he was going to go high. I thought there would be one wide receiver in the top fifteen. I had no clue there would be three, and I I did think that the NFL liked Corey Davis. I think more than Mike Williams. And I'm not a big Mike Williams guy. He, he's, I don't know, he, he's going to be a good player, but I, I just don't see him being the return on investment for what you get for where he was taken. You know, I, I see it a lot more with Ross, and I see it more with Davis. 
God. I, I had to talk on air today about Corey Davis quite a bit. My take on him is that he's not a elite number one. He's not Julio Jones. He's not Des Bryant. He's not Calvin Johnson. But he can be a that next tier of guy, like a Demarius Thomas, where if you get if you he's going to be a good number one for a team that has a good number two on it. New Hopkins is the same sort of way. I think Nuke is a little bit better, but that that's the kind of guy you're getting in Corey Davis. And if that's worth the number five pick for you, and it might be for Tennessee for what they need, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I feel I feel like uh, this draft, or not this draft, but the first round was. I, I mean, I had a good time watching. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Now, how do you? I, I guess this question is towards Justice too. How do you make of the order that the defensive ends went in the first round? I I think the top made sense, right? Uh, Garrett Thomas. Um, you go down. I don't know what is. Do we know if Hassan Riddick's going to play off the ball or on the ball, or if he's going to be a mix of every, everything? Like that kind of surprises me that he went over some of these guys. Um, Derek Barnett, I guess, is the true third. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. But we did have late, like people were on the Charles Harris over Derek Barnett late thing, um, and then Tack McKinley. I guess Tack McKinley probably would have been the most surprising one because we had guys like. Uh, I, I ran through mock drafts and stuff like that, and, like, T.J. Watt was gone before the Packers pick on, like, every single mock draft. Uh, Tackers McKinley was a guy that, like, maybe was probably a day two pick in most of these, right? And then Taco Charlton was a guy who had hype, you know, as a top ten guy, you know, at one point in this season. So I, I guess, like, Tack McKinley going ahead of Taco Charlton and T.J. Watt probably – that's really the only thing that surprises me unless Arizona did draft Hassan Riddick to be, you know, an outside linebacker. Yeah, he's an odd fit there. I don't, I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. Like, like I wanted him in Detroit as the replacement for DeAndre Levy, and that's that's a very different role from how he will play in in Arizona. I, I think that I think he's going to wind up being. He he actually talked. I heard an interview with him today. He talked about he really liked playing inside when he was at the Senior Bowl. Like he wants to be an inside inside linebacker who rushes around the outside. That's sort of an, a weird niche, but it's kind of what Clay Matthews does in, in Green Bay these days, and maybe that's that's the role they've got for him. Yeah, see, Hassan Riddick was a guy that I really liked with the Jets, right? Because the Jets are still in their version of their defense where they want those guys to basically, like, you're blitzing or you're dropping under man coverage, right? And I think, Arizona, you know, Arizona used to do that. But with Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones on the outside, they're not dropping those guys in coverage as much. So unless they're kicking a guy like Chandler Jones to, you know, 34 end, right, which they could do because they have basically have the weakest defensive line in football right now. Um, playing Hassan Riddick outside doesn't necessarily make sense to me. But, I mean, if, if you were trying to draft a guy and you were saying, you know, closest thing to Daryl Washington in this class, you'd probably say Hassan Riddick. Yeah, I, I see that. They definitely have. They lost so much on defense. I was I was shocked when I went through and saw how many snaps they lost on defense. It's it's unbelievable. Their their, their defensive line is crazy. Like you look at their. I think they're last in money on the defensive line, and half of that money is going to like uh, Robert Kandichi. Like they they just have not invested anything on that interior defensive line. And it, it, okay, so let's say. They don't invest anything on their defensive line. They don't kick Chandler Jones inside. They play Hassan Riddick <clears throat> at inside linebacker. They now Yo, have you want to hit the cough button next time before you just <laughs> stew gots onto the <laughs> microphone like that? Jesus Let Christ. Let me prove my point. 
All right, so they got the weakest defensive line in football, and then they're going to play two former college defensive backs at inside linebacker. You tell me how that's going to work out, you know, in that division with those running backs. <laughs> Todd Gurley just got a lot better, didn't he? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not ready to talk about Todd Gurley yet. I'm still mourning. But, uh, all right, we got <laughs> <laughs> one last question for you. Uh, from no longer sad at sad f- Niners fan, how do you think John Lynch handled his first draft, or at least the first round of his first draft? I guess. Oh man, he nailed it. He he's a rookie and he outplayed a, a veteran in Ryan Pace. I, I'm convinced they could have gotten that Chicago could have gotten Trubisky at three, but the fact that 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 first off, Lynch masterfully played how Cleveland was and all those Mitch Trubisky bullshit rumors were going around. He, he played that to his advantage. I, I love it. I think he did a fantastic job. I'm not crazy about the player he picked. I'm not a big Solomon Thomas guy. I think, um, I think he's a, a good defensive end, but I don't think he's a special pass rusher. And I think he's limited to where he can be with that, with his, with his length and, and scheme a little bit. I like, I think he's going to be a safe player, but I, like, like Henry Anderson coming out. Like I, I used to talk about this when I ran Detroit Lions draft back in the day with Darren Page, and, and I said, hey, man, if you take the Stanford off that and put him at Indiana instead because they have the same colors, what would you think of the player? And if, if Solomon Thomas played at Indiana instead of Stanford, I think people would have looked at him as like a yeah, maybe 30 to 50 overall player, and, and he gets that Stanford bump, and, and you know, I, 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 I like him, but I would have gone a different direction there, uh, especially when you use, you know, you've got Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner that you've just spent first round picks on. I mean, uh, you guys know I'm a Detroit Lions fan. What happened to the Lions? They spent, they took Fairley and Sue on the inside with their first round picks. And then they took Ziggy Anza, and look what their offensive line died. Their wide receiving depth died. The the, the entire rest of the team atrophied because they had so many resources on one position group. You just can't build a team that way. Now, maybe they're going to move one of those guys that they've taken, and if they do that, then I think it's an even better move. But until that happens, you know, I, I love the fact that, that Fox was, or that, that Lynch was smart like a fox, but I'm not crazy about the pick of, of Thomas. All right. Uh, so before we let you go, do you have any, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure you do since the draft is this weekend, but do you have anything you're working on you want to let the people know about? Oh, man, I got so much stuff going. At, at, if you're a Browns fan or a Texans fan, I'll have stuff there. I'll have a, uh, a couple of recaps up at, at Real GM, uh, which is fun for me because they let me write whatever the heck I want. Uh, and I do it in, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs twiddling, thumbs sucking. I'll do it on, like, the first day and, like, in like, an, an overall thing, too. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's fun to be on with you guys. I, you guys are my homies. I love you guys. We love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Drink right. buddies. Drink so buddies. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed round one of the draft. I'm not sure when we'll be back. I don't know if we're going to do a day two recap or not, but uh, we should Absolutely. be back by Sunday Sunday evening with either Matt Miller or Danny Kelly, uh, depending on, I don't know, what the hell happens on Sunday. So I hope you guys enjoyed the draft, and we will see you guys in a few days.